everyone. Thanks for joining us at Infinitely More Live. I'm Shawnee Kinkasic, the social media marketing manager here, and I am here with our friend Linda Oberbrenner, who has just written a brand new book, and she's here to tell you all about it and tell you about the great work that she is doing through crisis pregnancy. Welcome, Linda. It is a joy to be here. I, I've actually uh, been in the role of mom and wife for a number of years and then I uh, worked at Salvation Army um, with homeless men that uh, were alcoholic and drug addicted and God uh, used the experience working in my own family not, not that they were that but to be an encourager and a cheerleader to the men that needed some value in their lives and from there then I went uh, to work at uh, for a couple of decades Evangelical Child and Family Agency in Wisconsin, working with moms and dads in unplanned pregnancies and doing abortion alternative counseling and also adoptions, both domestic and international. It's amazing. It, it was a wonderful, wonderful ride. And um, currently, um, I am meeting with Miss Shawnee and uh, <laughs> Mrs. Shawnee. And that's exactly the joy of my heart right now today. So it's wonderful to uh, meet you and all your listeners too. We are so glad that you're here. So we're focusing on missions this week. When did you realize that God was calling you to your specific mission? And how did you know that that was where he was placing you? That is a really good question, Shawnee. And I, I, I need to say that it took me a long time to realize that God was actually using a theme throughout my life, uh, that being mercy. I just assumed everyone loved extending mercy to others. And because I was a recipient myself, um, as is anyone who has the privilege and joy to meet uh, the Lord in that moment, that soul moment when he is extending mercy to you. Uh, to you, to me, in a way, in a gentle way that only he can and makes us desirous of a relationship with him. Uh, when I realized that um, this is something that was fueling and uh, giving me passion, I, I must say I've always enjoyed working with those that are hopeless, not just homeless, but hopeless. And that can be a person of any racial background, any age, any income level, people, people are hopeless, even when it looks like they have everything going for them. So God seemed to introduce me to a lot of people with that. And I was able to point them to him who is the abundance of hope for anyone. That's amazing. So can you share about your involvement working with clients? And how did you get into crisis pregnancy? So uh, after I, I, was, I, I left Salvation Army, I had been working there for a, a number of years with homeless men. And after seven years, it was a different direction. I had also worked in the, the jail, the local jail and federal prison as well with a lot of uh, men, not realizing that God would use that as the background for the next Thing that he provided. What's I'm sure, Shawnee, you see as you look backwards sometimes in a positive way, though, um, to see 
that nothing that we do in our lives is ever wasted. God uses it as stepping stones and building blocks for whatever he has for us in the future. We might not be able to see, and we might get a little upset with him sometimes when it seems like I'm not getting my way about something, but yet he's using that. The agency that I was doing part-time, very part-time contract worth doing uh, work uh, with home studies for adoptive, prospective adoptive families needed a uh, full-time worker. And I, I had gotten used to the kind of adrenaline rush uh, working at Salvation Army with the men and in the jail and the prison. I had learned a lot of street language. I did not speak that, but understood street language. And uh, I thought, gosh, um, Evangelical Child and Family Agency sounds like it's just going to be kind of boring. Um, it's going to sound like, it just seems like it's going to be something that I'm going to be very disappointed with. But when I was asked, would you be willing to work with birth moms? I kind of half-heartedly said, okay, um, I'll give it a try. Not knowing that God was beginning to stir embers there uh, to be able to have a love for birth moms uh, in unplanned pregnancies that could not be contained. So my first client ever uh, had a uh, the father of a baby. Or like, she has she had a uh, one year old. The father had just been released from jail, and mm-hmm. he didn't know he didn't know that she called to place her child for adoption. And so <laughs> it was. I walked into a very tense situation, and yet. I could talk jail talk with this guy that, and she was pregnant with another child and her, she just uh, did not want to be a mother and, uh, but she wanted to place her child and then her future unborn as well for adoption. It ended up that that particular situation, that guy I still have connection with after 20 some years he came to Christ. He, he was uh, incarcerated for a number of years. He did come to Christ, still walking with the Lord. Uh, they did end up placing both of their children, uh, two daughters, that ended up having experiences in, in life, uh, circumstances far different than had they had stayed in a very broken and hostile home life uh, at that time and continued uh, to be broken. They ended up being in an open uh, relationship now, uh, particularly with their dad. So those years, uh, and and both young ladies have have come to the Lord and are serving him in a in a couple of different ways. But you know, it's it's neat to see how something that was very explosive turned into something that isn't perfect, but very beautiful and God-honoring. That's amazing. And it's amazing how you still have connection with that man and how God used your prison ministry for that situation to be able to use, you know, your jail speak language that you learned. To it, was, be- it, was all about the, yeah, it was all about the hooch. I asked him if he made hooch and he's like, what? You know, and that's uh, anybody... Anybody that serves time wants to work in the kitchen because they can steal yeast and make some 
very, I guess, uh, potent alcohol if they... <laughs> if they need it, no kidding. I know. So, yeah, it, but it made me realize, too, this isn't going to be as boring as I thought. So it, it, uh, it started roots in me. And I'll tell you, uh, the, the, the birth moms and dads that I, I've been privileged to work with through the years just affect, affect you in a way that um, your heart remains softened and open to look for situations where you can always be a part of. Shawnee, I, I did leave there because after 26 years, it had got it. He gently let me know with a little bit of a heart condition <laughs> that first it was a little physical heart in order to show me spiritual heart was a little bit off balance there in the fact that it had become such a priority in my life that I had put uh, the needs of birth moms and birth dads and adoptive families as a priority in my life. And so God had asked if I would lay that on the Isaac altar, so to speak. I knew he only had to ask me once. Um, I, I knew what the right answer. I talked to my husband, who is the, a wonderful blessing in my life, so supportive all these years of, of letting me be me. Talked to our before adult children, but wanted their input as well. And it was the start of the next part of life instead of retirement, refirement. So that's... I love that term. I love that term. So now that you're in the, this next part of life, God had you open a crisis pregnancy center. Is that correct? Uh, no, I, I had actually left there totally and wasn't sure what God was going to be having me do. No, I, I still make referrals to the agency that I was at and mm -hmm. it's you know what? It's running absolutely fine and well without me being the director. <laughs> um, and I, as a as a licensed social worker, particularly in Wisconsin, you cannot have a friend relationship as a licensed social worker until a number of years have passed. Well, because I've been around <laughs> a number of years, I've that now maintained friendships uh, with a few of the clients that um, it's beneficial for them to, to stay in contact on, on Facebook and social media. And so it is just wonderful to see how God continues to use them in their lives. Actually, what uh, God has done is uh, given me the opportunity and time to sit and listen to him and be aware of what needs there are here in our community uh, where we moved a couple of years ago uh, as I left the, left the agency. And uh, my goal is to, to open a 501c3 uh, somewhat in this, in this area. Uh, in the meantime, I did write a book. I'd gone to Africa and I wrote a book. And the book uh, actually cites uh, some of those experiences and involvement um, in with some of the clients in the different ministries that God has had my husband and myself in. So you said you went to Africa. What what led you to go to Africa? Actually, as God showed me that mercy has been a theme running through my life, there was a gentleman that um, really had uh, asked to pray for um, me and uh, said that there was a book inside. I mean, I never met this man before in my life and 
he's from Canada, not that that makes <laughs> but we were at a conference and he asked if he could pray for me and my husband and I had never met him and um, I had been actually working in, uh, volunteering in a bookstore for a global ministry that my son has called um, Igniting Souls. He prayed a prayer that said that there was a book and a dream inside and uh, among a number of other things. And when he left, I, I was streaming tears because he had nailed everything else that was on my heart that, you know, when your heart asks questions and all of a sudden someone or God's word or combination answer questions that only you know that are inside you mm-hmm. and recognize, yeah, this is totally. And I, I said to the woman next to me, you know, he was so right on. He said the Holy Spirit prompted him to pray but I said that book and dream thing, uh, I think he was thinking about the bookstore here or books or something, but was, there's, there's nothing there. And five days later, uh, after I was back home in Wisconsin after the Ohio conference, and uh, God put this insatiable desire to write the book. A couple weeks later, that's when I thought, you know, that couple uh, in my life, the McIntyres, Brian and Debbie McIntyre, they were foster parents uh, for our agency a number of years, and then they adopted um, three children, and um, they started a ministry in Africa called West African Mercy Ministry in Accra, Ghana. Um, that word again, mercy. I know. Oh, yeah. It's, this is a, the total theme throughout. Um, I thought, you know, I've always read about this ministry in their pamphlets, and I, I love them, and I, I, I believe that God continues to use them year after year. I'm going to call and just see, let them know that I'm supposed to write this book, and I think I'm supposed to give proceeds, a part, portion of proceeds from each sale of the book to help fund their ministry, but I think I need to go. <laughs> I need to go there and immerse myself in that ministry, so I'm not just reading about it, that I can honestly understand it from an inside out. And so I I asked Brian, I said, could I just like share the book idea with your your advisory board, your board? And he said, uh, well, Linda, actually, we only meet once a year. And I said, oh, okay. Well, when did you meet? And he goes, well, we're meeting next week. (laughs) And so, uh, of course, I didn't know that, and he just said, "But our agenda's been our agenda's been in place for six months." And I said, "Okay." And he said, "Well, okay, I'll ask them if you can come for part of the meeting and just share what God's put on your heart, because I know you well enough to know that you always want to join God in what He's doing. You're not going to run ahead of Him." So I said, "Okay, no problem." So he called back and he said, "Yeah, they want you there, but come." Come, at, come during the lunchtime. And, um, okay. So I went and then I, I, I said, I told my husband, honey, I think God wants me to go to Africa. And he goes, Linda, we're going to start, we're living on social security. Where do you think this money's going to come from? And you know, when God gives us an idea, uh, when we're, God will provide wherever he is guiding us. So I, I said, I need your blessing though, because I don't, if I don't have your blessing, I, I know I shouldn't go. 
And I, I know it's important to have the husband's um, full blessing and support. So three hours later, after he and, he and the Lord were having a talk together, said, I really, because we're very close. And, and I said, how long would it be? And I said, no more than two weeks. And he said, could it be 10 days? And I said, it could be 10 days. <laughs> so then he said, well, okay. And he said, and he was asked to fill in a pulpit to preach. And he goes, but you have to be willing that we would have no Christmas this year, that we would, that if anybody, if, if our kids want to give us something, we would say, we only want Afri like money for Africa. Money for Africa. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, he said, are you willing? And I said, of course. And so that was, it just, it touched me that he was, that he knew that we needed to sacrifice first in order to this happen. Okay. Then ready for this one, Shawnee. Then uh, in the mail, three days later, there's a letter from social security. It's an apology letter. And it said, we are sorry that we had taken money from your account and need to reimburse you $947. And that was over half of what I would need. So I showed Mike and he goes, that's a scam letter. They send those out all the time. I said, oh, oh, did you get one? Did you get one? And he goes, well, no, but that, this just can't be. And he kept reading it. So I, I, I uh, set up an account with Social Security, and sure enough, <laughs> it, was it was real. But the timing, again, Shawnee, the timing just was God saying, you have a full blessing, and do not think for one moment that this shouldn't be happening. So I'll tell you. And it's that part of, you know, listening to him and not going out and doing it in your own strength, but waiting for him. And then he opens those doors, and when he does, it's it's full on, which is amazing to see the blessing that he's poured out on you. 